Oh, okay. <laughs> You're listening, listening to Hold That Thought. From Arts and Sciences at Washington University in St. Louis. Thanks for listening to Hold That Thought. I'm Rebecca King, and today we're looking back at classic Hollywood films from the 1920s to the 1950s. As part of our ever-growing topic of people, places, and ideas to explore, Galen Studler, the director of the Film and Media Studies program at Washington University, met with me to examine representations of girlhood in films from this era. In her recent book, Precocious Charms, Stars Performing Girlhood in Classical Hollywood Cinema, which was published by the University of California Press, she discusses young actresses, including Shirley Temple, Liz Taylor, and Audrey Hepburn, as well as less-remembered stars, such as Deanna Durbin and the silent film star Mary Pickford. But why study girlhood specifically? I'd done so much reading in film theory and starting out as a feminist film theorist, and so much of the literature that was generated in the late 80s and early 90s talked about woman as a kind of generalized figure on the screen. And then slowly people began to be interested in women of color. So it's like, okay, let's acknowledge that all these women are not white. But one of the things that seemed to resist this kind of expansion of the definition of female was the idea that females come in all different ages and that that seems to have a very big impact on how they're represented and then also how they're received by audiences, even the same person somebody who's very popular at age eight and then is a has-been at age 18. I mean, what's changed? It's the same person. So I thought that the issue of age was being ignored and that that's really the kernel of what brought me to the topic. So even though each of these actresses portrayed a different type of girlhood, some were tomboys while others were more prim, and across different eras, each of them ran into the same problem age. If they wanted to remain on screen, how were they supposed to grow up? How should they transition from girlhood to womanhood? There seems to be some pressure, whether it's self-generated or from the exterior, that the girl has to prove that she is a woman and can take on womanly roles. Deanna Durbin actually got very tired of playing the innocent Deanna Durbin was 14 when she rocketed to fame in the 1936 film Three Smart Girls, a film that was later credited with saving Universal Pictures from bankruptcy. Adolescent stars, stuck between childhood and adulthood, were extremely unusual even at that time, but she won skeptics over with her mature operatic singing voice. They dubbed her the little girl with the big voice. She wanted to play more sophisticated roles. When she did, she finally got her chance. Audiences first flocked because some people have said they wanted to be shocked. She plays a torch singer who, in the original novel, was a prostitute. 
So she's playing a character whose sexuality is emphasized, and then she was featured in Life magazine wearing a very low-cut outfit, and supposedly some guys on a bomber had her painted on the, <laughs> on the nose of it, you know, and dedicated to her and all of that stuff. And so the pressure to be someone who seems to appeal in a way that women are supposed to appeal in a kind of way that is one-dimensional. I mean, why does the girl who's becoming a woman feel that she has to establish her womanhood through her sexuality? I mean, I think that is the question which I sort of began to ask. It really does start with gender, because I don't think there's an equivalency on the male side. When you have a child actor who's male, there can certainly be growing pains of whether this person is going to develop into an actor that people want to see or a personality that people want to see. With girls, it seems to always go through this issue of the sexuality, just like we have right now with the Miley Cyrus uh, <laughs> controversy, which you can't get away from over the last week. Why does she feel she has to create a controversy to emphasize that sexually she is a woman as opposed to all the other possible ways. So I think what's interesting is that there's still this attachment of woman equals a certain kind of sexuality as opposed to the girl child, and that that's gender divided between how a man can establish his manhood versus the woman establishes her womanhood. Miley Cyrus's over-sexualized performance at the MTV Video Music Awards earlier this year are only a part of the larger struggle of young actresses trying to define themselves as women. In Galen's book, she discusses the actress Jennifer Jones, who, in an effort to get away from her good girl image, starred in a film, Duel in the Sun, that was later denounced on the floor of Congress if film and television act as a mirror, reflecting our own anxieties back at us, then what is this telling young women? If young actresses are role models, modeling how to become women for young girls across America, who should they look up to? Audrey Hepburn, in a way, has become the star out of the ones that I discussed that is probably the best known and admired and that people would want their daughters to emulate as opposed to some of these other people who may not be known or appreciated. I think Shirley Temple is still very well known, but because you don't see her grow up in a lot of her films, and, of course, when she was a teenager, she got typecast as a Bobby Soxer. And, and in that era, in the post-World War II, there was a lot of ambivalence about the Bobby Soxer because it was seen as a teenager who was very interested in sexuality and in getting around her parents <laughs> and in maybe doing things that were all part of a teenage culture that was separate. And that made parents very, very nervous of the idea that, that teenagers wanted to go off and be separate and have their own language and their own music and their own ways that the parents couldn't control. And so it was interesting that she was in this kind of anxiety provoking role. And in some of her films, she's actually fairly sexy, but the films don't know what to do with that. <laughs> 
is she going to be a child or is she going to be sexy? Sometimes in the same film. And so I think Audrey Hepburn's sexuality is a lot safer. And I think because she's so elegant and maybe because she has that kind of European class, as it were, that she's still on posters and the little black dress. And so she's a figure of admiration that I think some of the other stars are not. Elizabeth Taylor became, I think, a beloved figure for a lot of her charities. But in the late 50s and early 60s, I mean, she was regarded as a homebreaker, too sexy for her own good, and people, people forget that about her. But Elizabeth Taylor is also one of the few actresses in Hollywood history to successfully transition from girlhood to womanhood on film while still maintaining her popularity. Elizabeth Taylor made it. But in that case, it's interesting because when she was a child, some people didn't think she was childlike enough. The legend is when she was at Universal Studios, they let her go because they said, she doesn't look enough like a real kid. There's something about her that's, that's too adult. And so that adultness for her, whatever they saw in her that seemed too adult, which is pretty startling in some of those pictures of her when she's 12 years old, especially when you see her in photographs in which the, the studio photographers often posed little girls almost exactly the way they posed adult women. And it's kind of interesting to think about whether that happened sometimes in some moments in the films as well, whether the children are directed to act in a way that's, that's precocious or beyond their years. So Elizabeth Taylor definitely is one of the best examples of someone who overcame that barrier between childhood and adulthood to become a real star, I mean a major star, and not just a, even a leading lady or a secondary player. Adolescence, transitioning from childhood to adulthood, is hard enough without doing so on the big screen, in front of millions and millions of people. In 1937, after three years of fame, when Shirley Temple was only nine, Life magazine asked, what's to become of Shirley Temple? She has lost some of her early prettiness and all of her babyish cuteness. And that was at nine. What would they say to a 14 year old? When we're adults, we sometimes forget how hard it is until we know a teenager, and then it all comes back to us. And obviously, we think about adolescence as sexuality as being a big part of that crucible of change that they experience. And of course, we now know that their brains change, not only as their bodies change, and so it's a real experience. And so the fact that movies would be interested in that, people would be interested in that topic and seeing it played out either nostalgically or in terms of idealism or in terms of the trauma of it, it's a topic that draws our interest in that kind of sharedness of the experience. Many thanks to Galen Studler for contributing to Hold That Thought if you're interested in reading more of her work, she is the author of This Mad Masquerade, Stardom and Masculinity in the Jazz Age. Currently, she's working on a new book about the television series Have Gun, Will Travel, and a project centering on the depiction of boyhood in Hollywood films of the 1930s. Thanks again for tuning in. 
As always, you can find Hold That Thought on Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, and Stitcher. Be sure to come back next week for the return of our series on American Identities.